Welcome to the How to Write a Book podcast. I'm your host, Maciel Valenzuela Castaneda. Welcome to our very first, I'm so excited, our very first guest speaker in the November 2023 series. So if you're just joining us, every November, the How to Write a Book podcast hosts a daily series of episodes. In the past, we've done motivation, we've done daily prompts, we've done you know how to beat certain writer's blocks, but this year is really special. I'm very, very excited to introduce to you every single person who's going to be here joining us in November, and we are going to be kicking off with an amazing, amazing author and coach. I mean, I was blown away. I was blown away <laughs> when I started talking to him. Um, he, he was just Miyoko Taylor. Let's just let's just dive in. Miyoko Taylor is a two-time best-selling author and business and branding strategist. He continues to help CEOs, entrepreneurs, business professionals, public figures, and industry leaders create movements and turn their expertise into a six to eight-figure business. Completely was lit on fire. Um, so inspirational so powerful. His words were just like when you get struck by lightning. So I'll let you all enjoy this next episode. Let's go ahead and dive in and enjoy the show. Welcome to the How to Write a Book podcast, the show that helps you plan, write, and publish your book, even if you're a beginner or just feel like one. Now, for your host, she's written over a dozen books and helps others bring their books to life. Here she is, Maciel. All right. Okay. Welcome, everyone, back to the How to Write a Book podcast. I'm your host, Maciel. I'm welcoming Miyoko Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. It's so amazing. And I'm really, I'm really happy to, to chat. Um, I love, you know, just even the title of your book. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's definitely, that's what I needed. So um, we're going to go ahead and dive in. I can't wait to chat about um, your success, your writing process, what you do for others. Okay. Um, so Miyoko um, is the author of um, Thriving After 30, Six Keys to More Impact, Purpose, and Profit. And let me do a little bit of a bio for you. But, of course, I'm going to throw the mic over to you, Miyoko. Uh, Miyoko is a two-time best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, and life business strategist. For more than a decade, she has helped coaches, consultants, public figures, celebrity athletes, entrepreneurs, and many other industry leaders. Um, you've been featured in Success, Business Insider, Entrepreneur, Women's Health and Fitness, and other social media outlets. And of course, um, I love this part. Miyoko credits his success to his God-given gift of helping people discover, develop, and deliver their genius to the world. That's lovely. I mean, it's just everything about that is empowerment. It's it's beautiful. Um, I I'm, I'm it spoke to me. It did. So um, enough about me sharing about you, Miyoko. Why don't you introduce yourself to the wonderful audience of the How to Write a Book podcast? Well, once again, my name is Miyoko Taylor. I've been in the coaching and personal development industry for probably about fifteen years, um, give or take, maybe a little bit longer. Um, always had a desire to help people. Um, I am someone who had traveled down the journey of trying to reach success in a way where um, other people thought success was this particular way and other people thought success was that particular way. 
So I went down multiple different paths and trying to determine what that was. So the thing, thing is, is I always had a desire to serve my, you know, my father, my late father, he was a pastor. So I just kind of, that was kind of rooted and grounded in me from a very young age. Um, so, you know, kind of fast forward for the sake of time. So going into the personal development aspect of things, I found myself just, you know, doing what everybody else wanted me to do, um, whether it was going to college, whether it was getting a corporate job, doing these particular things, working nine to five, all those types of things. But something was always missing. It seemed like there was something there greater than myself. Um, and I found myself in these particular situations where I was unhappy, I was unfulfilled. Um, and I started accomplishing these things. Like, you know, you mentioned business insider and success magazine and all those things. I would accomplish all these goals, but would still feel empty. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons um, why was my success was being pr- predicated on what everybody else thought, what everybody else believed. It wasn't really exactly what um, I deemed success to be. You know, while I was working in personal development, that was something I was passionate about. Um, my thought perception of success was kind of jaded because I had the hustle and grind culture. I mean, you see it now, you know, the Gary V's and things like that. And I often like to talk about him because when Gary V first started out, he was pushing, you know, not getting any sleep and hustling and grinding. And now when you listen to him, it's very different because that's not a sustainable model. Yes, you want to work hard. But you got to rest hard as well. Yeah. Um, so I got caught up in that whole hustle and grind kind of uh, routine and things like that. I was making some pretty good money. Um, but at the same time, man, my, my emotional health, my mental health, my physical health, all those things were declining. Mm-hmm. And it really caused me to um, look at myself. And then my father, you know, got diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he passed um, 9-11 about a year ago. Um, so it was a lot of things that caused me to kind of reflect and, and look on my, you know, present situation. Um, Thriving After 30 was a book where I focused on how turning 30 and, you know, your idea of what you're supposed to accomplish at 30, like having the house, you know, having kids and all that stuff. And you don't have that. And then you feel like you're a loser and all these different things just based on what society says you should have. Right. Yeah. So. Um, taking that and kind of going into the now, it made me realize that we have all these milestones that we place on ourselves in life and they're not even really predicated upon what we really want, but it's predicated on what everybody else says. Um, and it kind of went the same thing, you know, when my father passed and situations in my personal life were going down the toilet. It was kind of like, wow, you did it again. You know, instead of the turning 30 aspect of it, it was okay. When I reach this level of success or when I accomplish this, I'm going to be happy. And that's when I realized that you have to be totally aligned with who you are, what you want, and what's the most important thing to you. If those things are not in alignment, you will never be happy. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how many accolades you receive. I don't care who says great things about you. At the end of the day, you're going to be a public success and a private failure. And what I mean by that, People shy away from that word failure is that on the outward, you look very successful, but inwardly, you know that you're repressing all the things that make you the true essence of who you are. So I'm really, really big on being your authentic self and, you know, working from the inside out from this point. Um, and success is different from that for everybody. 
it looks like something different to you. It looks like something different to me. And until you really truly know what that is and you are in alignment with that, you're never going to be happy. and You're never going to be fulfilled and you're never going to live up to your true potential. So thriving after 30 was the introduction to um, taking milestones and what everybody else perceives to be and applying it to your own life, realizing that's not authentically who you are and what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that is so, I think, spot on um, because so in the How to Write a Book podcast, you know, we talk about um, self-publishing. We talk about, you know, people who are a big success, but we also talk about like, what's this success to you, you know, mm-hmm. and what does that mean? And I think not just being okay with that, but coming to terms with it, because we do, we're like, oh, well, I want to be this, I want to be that. But then you have to think like, is that what I really want? Or am I actually seeking, you know, a different dream that has to do with writing, you know, but being true to yourself. That's, that really, it really hits me on the head. I know that when I, when I had turned 30, I, I felt what you, what you're, exactly what you're saying. You're supposed to have the house. You're supposed to have the kids, you know, and then you're right. like, oh gosh, you know, um, but then, you know, slowly, slowly come into terms of like, wait a second. Did I, did I really want that? That's, that is super, super powerful. So what's, what's your alignment now? I'm curious. So who are you now? The, the one person that you actually authentically um, wanted to be. Who I am now is somebody that really believes in being in alignment professionally, personally, spiritually, naturally, emotionally, physically, all those things. Um, not saying that I have all those things together because that's a daily, that's a daily thing. Like mm-hmm. these are all daily things you have to consistently work on. Um, but I am, there's a word, there's two words that, that are floating around very, very prevalent in the coaching industry and in the business world. And it's self-care. So self-care is more than getting your nails done. It's more than spas. It's more than getting massages and all that stuff. So um, right now, like a lot of the people that I deal with, um, it, it's funny because in my coaching history, most of my clients have been women. And uh, people laugh when I tell them that. And I really think it's because uh, most women's level of emotional intelligence and awareness can be a lot more heightened than us as men. And, and I'm, it's not me being sexist or anything. It's just the, it's just the way that it is. Um, a lot of times women are more in touch with their emotional side. So, um, I really deal a lot with people who are like me, um, who are, who have been chronic people pleasers mm-hmm. who are chronically putting everyone and everything before themselves. And what happens is they build this secret resentment for where they're at in their life. They may be successful on the outside, but now they got to be mom. They got to be, um, wife, um, girlfriend, uh, business owner, (laughs) um, support system, like all these particular roles. Right. Mm -hmm. And this, this, this can, it's the same case for men. We have a lot of different roles. Um, but I'm kind of making this kind of conducive to what I do. Um, and I see a lot of, People that are just absolutely burnt out, stressed out, um, frustrated, and you would never know. I know because I talk to them like they're my clients. Um, but the reality of it is, is that they reach this pinnacle of success from their professional life. And all it does is it shines the light on who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. So they, they spend all this time, you know, um, reaching this level of professional success and, 
you know, then they have this natural nurture nature to where they're trying to to do everything for everybody. But at the end of the day, uh, when a lot of people come to me, I ask them one very important question. What do you want? And you'd be surprised. Either they don't know what they want or their response is, I haven't asked myself that in a very long time. So when it comes to where I'm at now and the alignment that I'm in, I'm, I'm bringing people back to the reality and the importance of being in touch with yourself. Mm-hmm. What do you really want? What are you, what are you passionate about? What's your vision? Where did it go left? You know, when's the last time you actually started doing something you're passionate about? When's the last time you reconnected to something, reconnect to what you love and we get so caught up in the day-to-day roles and I'm not saying they're not important, but what I'm saying is you cannot be so caught up with anything and the expense or the cost of those things mm-hmm. are completely losing yourself. Yeah. This is where we go wrong. When we start to lose pieces of who we are, that's when we have the biggest problems. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there. They can't put the finger on why they're depressed, why they're going through particular things why they feel unfulfilled and that's what it is pieces of yourself you're chipping away at pieces of yourself and then you're you're upset you're resentful you're mad at this person you're mad at that person why are they doing this why are they you know keep me from doing this but the reality of it is i tell people because i'm very big on boundaries um people respect your boundaries when you respect your boundaries mm-hmm. and that's a very hard pill for a lot of people to swallow so i'll tell people like you have to take accountability for it. And like, oh my God, you know, but everybody's pulling me in this direction and I can't do this. Well, you're over-promising. Yeah. So you're overextending yourself. So what happens is you fail to make promises, keep keep your own promises, which makes you resentful. And then you can't live up to everything that you're promising everyone else. Yeah. It's just a vicious cycle. And the reality of it is it comes back to being in alignment with yourself. Mm-hmm. What do you want? Um, what's important to you and what vision do you have for your life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You lose that. So, yeah. you know, thriving after 30 back to that book, that was an introduction to a lot of those things, mm-hmm. you know, recalibrating yourself and, and, and looking at what your vision is, what your purpose is mm-hmm. and what you really want. We don't really ask ourselves that question. Right. What do right. you really want? Not what society expects you to want, what society expects you to have or what success looks like to society. Who cares? Yeah. What do you want? What do you want? Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's so, that's such a good point because I feel like, um, I, I run into a lot of authors who, and, and clients who, you know, they want to write a book, but they get so overwhelmed with what they should write or what's selling mm-hmm. that they can lose themselves in, you know, what, what they actually feel like their heart is supposed to be saying. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I had a, a, a friend who he recently published a book and um, his book was actually going to be on network marketing, but okay. he realized that what was really like the hugest block in his life, the real thing that he really needed to tackle was childhood trauma that happened. And like that set him out on this whole journey with like his family and having to ask questions that didn't, want to be asked Mm -hmm. but he's like so proud of himself that he went through this really difficult journey so i mean again with that the alignment that you're speaking of you know it's powerful 
the interesting thing writing a book, because I know this is like how to write a book podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So um, just a little nugget for people writing books. So I, I've written my books and I've written books for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, one little quick tip I can give anybody out there listening or who wants to write a book. Please, 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 for the for the love of everything good, <laughs> do not focus on what the name of your title of your book is called. Love that. Love don't that. focus on the title. Don't focus on the chapters. Most people, when they think about writing a book, it's like, oh my god, what's the first chapter going to be? What's the second chapter? Oh my, third, fourth, fifth. I don't know. I don't have it. What's the title of the book? Don't worry about any of those things. Whenever I write a book, whenever I'm inspired to write, whatever's on my mind at the time, I write it. I just write it. Mm-hmm. Next thing, I'll write the next thing. I'll write the next thing. I'll write the, and then you have all this stuff that you've written. Mm-hmm. Now, once you have the material and the content, mm-hmm. now you can start to piece together exactly what the chapter is going to be called. Mm-hmm. What the chapter is called is not important at first. It's not important. The content is important. Most of the books that I've written, I've come up with the title of those books the last minute because I looked at all the content. I'm just like, wow, this is what this book is about. Yeah. This is the title. So don't get so hung up and caught up on the title or the chapters. Focus on what's in your brain, your voice, what the message is, and just get it out. All that other stuff you can organize later. I love that. How, how many books have you written now? Uh, five. I've done five on my own, and I've co-written three. Um, I've written a couple of more, mm-hmm. but due to non-disclosure agreements, <laughs> yeah, I can't mention who those books are. But um, one of them is actually a very, a very, very um well-known motivational speaker, actually. Oh wow, awesome! That's congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. So, so it's safe to say, writer's block doesn't exist for you, right? That's not a thing, is it? Writer, writer's block. It's a thing and it's not a thing. Writer's block is something that we, writer's block can be a thing that we actually mentally place ourselves into. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say this is like, there's so many thoughts, so many things that comes on our mind on a daily, day-to-day basis. If you just sit and write about your experiences, that's what a book is. I think it's, we think too much. We overthink. Yeah. You're writing about your experiences. So let's say, for example, if I'm writing a book on the joys of parenting because mm-hmm. I have a three-year-old. Cool. Whenever I have my daughter, I'm writing about my experiences with her. So now it's just like, I'm not thinking of writer bl- writer's block. Oh my God, she did this funny thing yesterday. Oh, it was frustrating because I had to teach her how to do this. So now the writing is starting to flow. So it's about, most of the time it's how we look at what writing is. Mm-hmm. So writing is you putting your experiences down in a way where, you can articulate it to your audience. Mm-hmm. We put away too much. Oh my God, chapter, title. I got writer's block. I don't know what to write. It's just your experiences. It's not that serious. Yeah. Right? And you have plenty of them. It's here. Mm-hmm. So writer, writer's block to me is a state of mind that we place ourselves into when we overthink. Mm-hmm. We overthink and we undervalue the knowledge and the information that we already have. Because a lot of time, because a lot of times it's, oh my God, I don't have enough research. I got to come up with this. I got to come up with that. Mm. We go into this overthinking process. You have everything you need. A book is just a number of experiences. That's it. 
you have the storyline, you have the lessons in it, um, you know, the footnotes, keynotes, things like that. It's your experiences. Yeah. So I just gave everybody like a secret to the whole writer's block thing. I was, I, I, you, you literally hit the nail on the head. I mean, undervalue because that's what people think. They're like, oh, no, it's not good enough. You know, I mean, you got it. This. You yeah. got it. Oh my gosh. So wow. writer's block to me is just, it's not a thing. It's something that we push ourselves into yeah. by thinking too much. Writer's block is AKA overthinking. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. You know what? I'm going to have this episode replay every month for everyone. Just like, just a right. reminder. Writer's yeah. block is a big, it's a big, it's a big thing and nobody really explains it. Um, yeah. but that's, it's, that's what it is. It's overthinking. We overthink to the point where we overload our brains and we just draw a blank. Yeah. You're just there. And, and all of a sudden that, that page looks super intimidating to you. And it's just yep. blank. It's like page. Wow. I, I've never heard anybody explain it like that. And it's so powerful. That's literally, I mean, I, I feel like you summed it up so well. That's exactly what it is. Oh my gosh. And the um, secret is I've never explained it that way ever in my life. Really? Uh, if somebody's asked me that question before, this is the first time I really explained it with probably that much clarity. So somebody probably asked me this three books ago, but mm-hmm. I mean, with more experience, you know, you get more knowledge and yeah, that's what writer's block is. Wow. That's all it is. Uh, yeah. I will never have writer's block again. Right. Cause you're like, I'm not going to overthink this. My, my message is important. It's based on my experience. I got that's this. It. That's it. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh my gosh. Um, was, was every book like kind of not, not simple or easy, but did you already have this mentality or was it your mentality? Oh, no. no, 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 no. I didn't have this mentality. Oh, no. Um, first book, uh, find your amazing five steps to transforming your life was based on my experiences. So that was easy to write. Driving after 30 was a bit more challenging because I really had to put my finger on why I was feeling this way. Mm. So I had to do a bit more research. Um, so as things progressed, mm-hmm. understanding writing, what your story is and your message is, is and all that other good stuff. Now I understand it's just like it will come to you. It's already there. Mm-hmm. Our experiences are already there. Mm-hmm. The knowledge we have on how to do is already there. Mm-hmm. What we do is we allow limiting beliefs to creep in. It goes to the writer's block thing. Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, nobody's going to listen to my story. It's not valuable enough. I'm nobody. I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not this person. We start overthinking, right? Yeah. Um, but I tell people if there's at least one person that can change their life based on your story, you've already done a good job. And I can guarantee you there's at least 10,000 people. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's getting out of the way we perceive things, perceive things and, and getting out of this. This is like the biggest issue with us overthinking right. and undervaluing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's anything that, I would want people to take away from this. It's overthinking and undervaluing ourselves, mm-hmm. undervaluing our story, over undervaluing our message, mm-hmm. um, undervaluing our experiences, undervaluing our expertise. When we go into undervaluing, we question things, and now we feel like we have to have something else to compensate yeah. for where we're lacking. But we're not really lacking. It's all up here. Yeah. It's the craziest thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm feeling super pumped up. And so I know that everyone's going to listen to this. They're going to be like, Oh my gosh, where more, <laughs> more. <laughs> this is amazing. 
Um, thank you. No, thank you. I mean, really, the clarity you brought to that is, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. Um, before I continue, can you hear the, the noise outside my window? I can't hear anything. Perfect. Okay, great. There's no need to go out there and slam the window. All right, I'm just kidding. Um, I wanted to also ask, you know, um, uh, one just a random question about 30. Why do you feel like it's our 30s, you know, versus like our 20s? Uh, or our, maybe our 40s or whenever we get there. But what's that? I, I think it's every 10 years. Yeah. I, I think like 20 that. is the thing where it's just like, oh, my God, I'm close to legally being able to do things. You know, um, you get there and then you feel all cool. And then you're, you know, most people are in college, you're celebrating, you're still doing things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, still think they have time. Well, then when 30 comes, it's kind of like, oh, that's another 10 years. Yeah. I should be in a serious relationship or should be married. Maybe working on my first kid. Maybe should have a house. And then 30s is going to 35 and you hit 40. It's just like, Oh my God, I still don't have any of those things. Oh man. I'm just, uh, my life is just going crazy. Yeah. You know? So it's every 10 years, like every 10 years, society gives us this perception that we should have or be or do certain things by age by certain age Mm -hmm. and the reality of it is is there is never anything done that's out of time it's right on time it's based on your own individual journey but we have a obsession with focusing on everything else but our own life yeah this is why you have the top one percent this is how why you have people that are astronomically successful and the majority of other people are still this is why the personal development industry is a multi-billion dollar industry and people buy the same books do the same things over and over and over and over and over and they don't get over that hump because they're still obsessed or focused on that dopamine hit of motivation when they read somebody else's story but they don't really have the drive because they haven't tapped into themselves enough to focus on their own story yeah yeah, that's brilliant. No, I love that. Um, and I had, I had another question, um, that's maybe, maybe the last question that we'll talk about any wrap up thoughts too. Okay. Um, but I wanted to ask something that, that I saw in the bio of your book, which is also success killers. And I was just mm. curious, like, what are success killers and how do you present them in your book? Ah, success killers. Overthinking. I think we talked about that a little bit. Like that one. Yeah. Um, overthinking, um, trying to please everyone else is a very, very big success killer. Mm-hmm. You will never satisfy. And I want everybody to listen. You will never satisfy. Completely satisfy one person. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. But yet we seek out to satisfy so many different people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, instead of trying to really do what we love or we're passionate about. Yeah. So that's definitely a success. Killer. I'm going to tell you right now, if you really want to kill your success, focus on what other people think. Okay. I mean, I can literally stop right there. Um, that one kills a lot of dreams. Mm-hmm. That one stunts a lot of people's growth and their success. So it's that one. Um, and another one is um, fear. Mm-hmm. Fear. Fear is a huge one. Um, and it's so funny because it's not really a lot of people fear failure, but there's some people that fear success and they don't, they can't tell the difference. They just know it's fear. 
Um, I was somebody that feared success for a long time. That's that kept me back for a long time. And I had to ask myself, like, what am I so afraid of? You know, I'm not afraid of failing because I know I'm I'm capable of doing it. But I said, I feared success because once I become successful, now everybody had I had this obligation to stay there. I have this obligation. People are looking at me. They're expecting things. And it's just like I had one of my mentors at the time. He said, Miyoko, he said, stop being selfish. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you're so focused on what you sound like, what you think, how other people are going to perceive you. It's about the message that you can deliver to people, the transformation, the change. He said, focus on that and get away from yourself. He said, I guarantee you all this other crap. You know, of course, he says some other words. I guarantee you all this other stuff that you're focusing on, you're worrying about the anxiety. That stuff will go away. He said, it's never about you. It's always about the mission. And I was just like, wow. So whenever I find myself kind of like overthinking and kind of getting into that aspect, it's like, man, it's never about you. This is bigger than you. It's never about you. It's always about the message. It's always about the mission. Um, so like when I, God willing, I'm blessed to wake up in the morning, it's kind of like, all right, who am I going to impact today? Yeah. There's somebody, I don't care if it's just one person. Some days it's a crowd of people, you know, other days it's two or three people. It doesn't matter. It's, it's gradual progress, gradual progress. So never, it's never about you. It's always about the mission, especially mm-hmm. since we're talking about writing books. That book isn't about you. Right. It's not about you. It's about your experience and how is this going to transform somebody else's life? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, yeah. So success killers. Right. So if if I want to talk about the last one, which we just did, when you make it about you and not about the mission, mission. big time success killer. And that's huge because I know that that's um, a lot of like, you know, aspiring authors and even just published authors, you know, that kind of like inside themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, gosh, now someone is comparing my last book to this right. book, you know, and it's, you're right. It is about it's not about you. you, not about your last book. It's about the mission. And sometimes that mission, it, it, it advances. It goes into different things. It changes. You just focus on the mission, mm-hmm. write the book. There are going to be people out there that are going to be transformed by the book. Mm-hmm. You just have to remember to consistently not make this about you. About you. Wow. Oh my gosh, that's powerful. I love that. I love that. I feel like uh, the people on the How to Write Book podcast audience, they're going to hear that and it's it's going to click, you know, they're going to feel I hope so. free. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, like, all right, let's go. Let's <laughs> bring me some more books. Let's do <laughs> that's this. Good. That's <laughs> yeah. good. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you, Miyoko. That is, that is it's honestly made, made my day. I know that this is going to make other people's days as well. Good. Because that's what they need, you know, just to feel that inspiration the motivation, but also the truth. It's the truth, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, let's talk about like, where are you going next? And also where can people find you? I know they're going to want to find you. So, you know, this is brilliant. <laughs> so I have a website, um, miyokotaylor.com and it's Amazon Mary, E I Y O K O T A Y L O R.com. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn, obviously where you found me and it's Miyoko Taylor on every type of platform. Uh, so I started a movement called Yes is Back. And what Yes is Back is about 
we're constantly saying yes to other people and no to ourselves. Um, it, it, this leads to burnout. This leads to visions falling by the wayside. Um, resentment, like what I was talking about before. So you're living this completely unfulfilled life, being a people pleaser. Your boundaries absolutely stink. And it's just like you're in this total state of disarray. So yes is back is, is like, okay, this is how you take your life back. You start with saying yes. Yes to yourself. Yes to your needs. Yes to your desires. Yes to your dreams. Um, yes to your vision. Yes to what you're passionate about. So yes is back. It's just like, you know, it's this statement like, I'm back, baby. It's kind of like, but it's like, yes is back. Mm-hmm. You have to integrate that in your life now. Start saying yes to yourself. And that's one of the hardest things for a lot of people to do because they feel guilty. They feel ashamed. They feel like they got to apologize. And that's the whole mental, the mental shift and the mental belief and the belief system that I'm really working hard to kind of just completely realign. Mm-hmm. Because you have to start saying yes to yourself. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself saying yes to everybody else. So, and, and no to yourself. And you are going to continue to go down this path of lack of fulfillment, lack of success, your version. And your mental health is going to be affected. Everything is going to be affected. So it's bringing the yes back into your life. So that's pretty much my whole mantra now and my whole movement now. So it's kind of everything full circle. Um, what I've experienced, what my clients have experienced and what I feel like the world needs, mm-hmm. um, right now. So that's what I'm up to. There may be a yes is back book. We'll see. Um, but it's definitely a movement. It's definitely a mission I'm passionate about because it goes away from the whole stigma of hustle and grinding and really being aligned in your life. I won't say work life balance, but I'll say work life alignment, right. work life harmony. Work life balance is a myth. You will never be in a state of mind where or state in your life where your work life completely balances with your personal life. Right. But but you can still share the equal levels of fulfillment in every area of your life. That's the key. It's not the time. It's the level of fulfillment and the quality of experiences you have in those areas. So that's what I'm up to. Amazing. And then we're going to be on the lookout for that. Yes is back. So if you do go with the book route, we'll be there. You know, we'll bring absolutely, you back Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I completely enjoy this. I love your energy. I um, mean, we definitely have to um, stay in touch for sure. I agree. I agree. You know, thank you so much. So um, everyone, that's Miyoko Taylor, author of Thriving After 36 Keys to More Impact, Purpose and profit um you know go i'm looking forward to everything that you're doing you know and thank you so much i'll do um a couple wrap-up thoughts right after uh, we stop this recording uh but from the how to write a book podcast thank you so much for this wonderful you're so message. welcome thank you for having me and anything that i can do to support and add value to you just let me know perfect thank you thank you so much you're welcome just want to take a second to do a special shout out for the awesome, amazing people who take the time to review the show. Let's do a review for today. Thank you so much. C-A-A-C-K underscore 45. Um, You wrote Monica Fernandi, hard heart, love your content and great guests and always on your show. Just wish you had more. Oh, thank you. Um, Us too. We're we're cracking at it. So we're coming, Um, especially with this month. 
So thank you so much. Just want to give you a shout out as you do for me and for the show, the How to Write a Book podcast. Um, And anyone out there, if you're like, you know, would love to support the show in some way, please leave a review. It helps. Um, It's always a great way for everyone else to know what kind of content we share here. And also to let me know that I'm serving you well. So thanks, everyone. Really appreciate that. And thank you so much for your review. And that's a wrap for today's episode of the How to Write a Book podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. If you want to keep up with me and my work, check out the website, blackheartedstudios.com. That's www.blackheartedstudios.com. And follow me on Instagram, at MastielWrites. That's at M-A-S-S-I-E-L, Writes. As a book coach and publisher, I'm passionate about helping aspiring authors bring their stories to life. So if you've been dreaming of writing a book and don't know where to start, head to my website and let's chat. You get a free 30 minutes on me. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks.